Dance. Peace, this is Outlaw. And you listen to the 80 Baby Podcast. And on today's episode, we've got another Put You Up. This time is for the sophomore LP for one Bubba Sparks, Deliverance, released September 16th, 2003. And this is executive produced by Timbaland, um, along with the co-exec produced from Rico Wade from Organized Noise and Bubba Sparks himself. And so this is an album that has kind of been popping up a little bit in conversations. Yeah. And I had never heard it. Nika thought it would be a good time for me to, to give it a listen to and, and do a little put you up. So what are some of your initial thoughts on, on why we should do this? Initial thoughts on why we should do this. Um, and it's funny because I think my thoughts have evolved a little bit over time. Okay. But um, myself and many of my, I wouldn't say many, but but some of my close friends, you know, shout out to Lee, shout out to Jason. We would often kind of get together and talk about albums that didn't really get the burn that they should have or artists that didn't get the burn that they should have. Okay. And this one constantly came up along with uh, Ray Cash's uh, album. Cash on Delivery, which we, we, we mentioned possibly doing at one point inside of Nazi. But um, Deliverance, you know, we, we, we talked about this a lot, just, uh, you know, this is Timbaland in his bag. Um, you know, this is a guy who was thought to be a one-hit wonder when he dropped Ugly, it was a smash hit, it was everywhere. The timing was perfect, because Missy was killing with very similar production. This is true. Um, and then, you know, he comes out with Ugly, everybody thinks he's a one-hit wonder, he comes back with this album. It's a beautiful album, and then nobody talks about it. Um, the singles don't really chart like talking about right. and then he just kind of disappears. Uh, even though he actually has quite a discography. He's got a lot of music. Yeah, and um, and that was something else. And, you know, I was going to get into this later, but that was something else that I thought was really interesting was his kind of, you know, resurgence, him coming back with this Miss New Booty song that was, was really big, probably either towards the tail end of our college days or maybe after we left. It was on his next album that was uh, on The Charm, released 2006. Right. And it's funny because back then when it happened, it was odd to me. Like, I was like, okay, maybe because he's from Georgia, he knows the Yin Yang twins. Yeah. And so, like, you know, there's some some family there. I had no idea that Rico Wade co-produced mm-hmm. this. And, and I, I didn't realize it was an organized noise album. But now that I hear it, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, how did I not know that this was an organized noise project? Deliverance or The Charm? Deliverance. Okay. Well, I wouldn't necessarily consider this an Organized Noise project. It is on Interscope, which is what Organized Noise was with. Yeah, I mean... But, I mean, I still think it's more of a Timbaland project. Literally, you go on the Wikipedia, it says, this album was produced by Timbaland and Organized Noise. It is, it is. And you can listen to the album and you can tell that it's produced by Organized Noise. There's a Sleepy Brown record on there. Big Groove is on the intro. Like, it's like a duh moment for me. When I when I read that, I was like, I'm an idiot. How did I not know? True, but there's four Organized Noise tracks compared to 11 Timbaland tracks. Yeah, no, but I mean, so when he was introduced, he was introduced as Timbaland's protege. Mm-hmm. The two records that, that came out as singles were Timbaland Productions. Yeah. But when you really digest this album you can hear organized that is true you can hear it yes yeah but anyway so uh yeah those are my initial thoughts i just you know we thought this was this album was a lot better than the amount of coverage that it got Mm -hmm. and we felt as though and we'll talk about this a little bit more later but we felt as though bubba really kind of fell into this whole like the beginnings of what we have now right which is like image is more important than music yeah he fell into this whole like, well, what is he? And it's like, oh, well, he's a white rapper. Right. So then it's like all the comparisons are either to Eminem or, okay, we have to create an image for this guy. He's super country, 
So we're gonna do what they did with um, Field Mob, mm -hmm. right? And have him dancing around with pigs in his, in his, <laughs> his music video to show that he's country, yeah. you know, because we have to give him an image. And like the music didn't speak for itself at all. It was just the image and then the image went away. Right. So what are your initial thoughts? Well, for me, the reason why I was interested in listening to this album was because I was listening to a Bomani Jones podcast. Okay. And it had Big Crit featured on it. Mm -hmm. And that's an album that I've only like skimmed through once. Uh, his new the release. latest one? Yeah, the latest one. Okay. Um, but, you know, it was a really interesting conversation. And uh, I was fascinated to hear Big Crit's just take on music in general. Uh -huh. But they spent like a good, you know, minute or two discussing this album and talking about how actually it was probably like a good five minute segment okay and they were talking about just how ahead of the time this album was and that you know maybe had it come out a little bit later Bubba Sparks would still have like a be in the limelight a little bit more his career might have you know gone in a more positive direction or at least a little bit more uh, from a popularity perspective I agree so you know hearing that and then hearing when um, I think we published a, a couple posts on our Facebook page mm -hmm. and some people had mentioned that this was the one of the more underrated albums or underappreciated albums yeah. it was like alright so maybe I should go, go ahead and give this a listen to because Yink has been talking about it mm -hmm. But Monty Jones has been talking about it. Our Facebook's been talking about it. So, right. you know, here we are. Right. And yeah, I understand why folks might think it was a, ahead of its time. Mm -hmm. That being said, I, I didn't absolutely love it. There are things that I do love about it, but there's also things yeah. where I'm kind of like, eh, yeah. this actually kind of sounds dated a little, little bit too. So listening to this again with adult ears, I agree with you. You know, hindsight is 2020, 20, yeah. right? So, so we're now you know, all these years in the future. But at the time of listening to this, I think it was ahead of its time. Yeah, sure. And now that we're here, we've seen everything that's kind of come forward. Yeah. And so we see the strengths and kind of the weaknesses of where it would have fallen short. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, you know, in listening to this again, I see where, you know, some, to some degree to his detriment, Timbaland played to his strengths. Yeah. And to some degree to his detriment, Bubba was a very one-dimensional artist. Yes. And and it really, really kind of glaringly comes through when you try to listen to, you know, 15 tracks of Bubba. Yeah. Uh, but but we can go to highlights. I don't I don't want to kill the album. I just I'm just saying, you know, I think then it was just like it was so ahead of its time that it was like, wow, there is nothing that sounds like this. This yeah. is really incredible. Why aren't people talking about it? But now I kind of get it a little bit. A good exercise for me to do, which is something that I usually do, I just didn't do it for this album, mm -hmm. is I try to contextualize the music right? in the sense that what else was coming out before this, what else was coming out around this time mm -hmm. and after this. And this is 2003, yep. so this is a period of time where I'm moving away from hip hop. Okay. Yeah, Black Album is coming out and... You know, the Roots have projects and most Def has projects. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm still getting stuff here and there. But I wasn't, like, in the weeds like I had been previously. Mm -hmm. And I was very much like, look, I'm just going to listen to this fucking Nina Simone chick because she's awesome. I'm going to listen to this Miles Davis because it's awesome. I'm going to listen to this Jethro Toll and Beatles because it's awesome. Yeah. And I don't care about any of this new shit because it's whack. Right? Like, that was just kind of, like, where my head was at. Okay. So... 
it would be a good exercise for me to go back and listen to everything in 2003 because I, I missed a lot in that time. So it's hard for me to really remember just how ahead of this time it, it, this was. Did you but, get a chance to go back and kind of look at what was around that time? Or no? no, that's what I'm saying. It would have been a good exercise for me to do. And okay. normally when we talk about, when we revisit these albums, mm-hmm. I normally do try to contextualize things. I just right. didn't do it for this case. Yeah. And I I think that I still have some angst against this period of hip hop mm. because I'm just like, I'm not excited to always go back and revisit it. Yeah, I think for me, as somebody who kind of was in the middle of this, yeah. you know, um, when we go through the track by track, we'll talk about it more, but like, you know, you were at some of those parties. Yeah. I would try to in- introduce this music at parties. So like yeah. the Jimmy Mathis single, I played at every party just early because you know nobody yeah. knew what it was. But you know, like early on, because it, it just, it fit right in the lane. Yeah. And I think they kind of tried to carve out a niche for Bubba that they didn't necessarily need to. Okay. In that, I, I think that he's probably would have been a better collaborative artist than, than the focal point, um, like an entire focal point, right? Yeah. Like, like for example, 50 Cent, right? Yeah. 50 Cent, even when you kind of try to put him in a group, he's just 50 Cent. So yeah. during this time frame, like, you needed, you needed, like, that solo, that solo record stands ahead of everything else that they did as a group because 50 is just such a, he's a front man. He's just yeah. such a big personality, even to his detriment, right? Like, even if you did try to put too many people around him, he's the type of person who will push them all beneath him, which is essentially why... We, 50 is where he is as a musician. But that's a whole other conversation for another another mm-hmm. podcast episode. But um, Bubba's not that. Yeah. And so this this sound, you know, in its own way kind of dominated, right? At the mm-hmm. time, Timbaland had very successful records by Missy. He had very successful records by Ludacris. He he had but he was not had just, artists. Not just hip hop though. He also has yeah. successful records right. with Justin Timberlake. With Justin Timberlake. Yep. Exactly. Right. So so it's like he had a family of artists mm-hmm. that I feel like they could have really pushed Bubba into so that he kind of, he was, the, the movement and the vision was him, but at the same time, it was a party of all these other influences. Right. The other thing that I noticed and thought of when I when I had my aha light bulb moment, when I was like, oh shit, this is an organized noise album. Yeah. It, it reminded me that Outkast also had an album in 2003 that we, of course, are all very well familiar with. Yes. One of the few diamond albums in hip hop. Yeah. Um, which does it, not feature Organized Noise on it. That was what I was going to yeah. say. So, was which which Organized Noise is not on. Yeah. So then it made me think of, okay, how does this sound in comparison to the Outkast album that was the first one that did not feature Organized Noise? Yeah. But actually, the Organized Noise records on here do sound kind of similar to the direction that Outkast was going at this point in time. So it makes me think like, wow, like, okay. So then how much influence did Organized Noise have on Outkast in total? Because, you know, we did an episode about Equemini, right? Like, yeah. and, and we talked about how Outkast had just started to produce some of their own stuff and was kind of moving away from Organized Noise. But for these to be two albums made in two different bubbles where Organized Noise went over here and Outkast went over there. Yeah. These Organized Noise records really sound like what Outkast was on at the time. We talking rock records, pop, you know, uh, celebration in the country, which I mean, that's a thing, but I, yo, like I, I'm like, yo, he, he fits right in the middle of all his contemporaries, but mm-hmm. yet tries to zag, but doesn't really have the personality to zag. That's kind of how I felt about it. I, I think, you're right in terms of the fact that he doesn't have the personality to zag 
Sometimes that comes from the management. Sometimes that just comes from the artist himself. Right. Uh, for example, like Ludacris has bags of personality. Right, right, right. Like he doesn't need any assistance exuding that personality either in the mic or in the video or just on stage or just right. in interviews or whatever. He's got that personality. Yep. So maybe there might be someone else who, I wish there was another example of a person who they're managed to have a better personality than they do. Mm. I'm sure there's loads of examples. I just, yeah. I, I'm having a brain fart right now. But um, the other thing though is that I'm not sure if Bubba Sparks has the skills as a vocalist and as an MC mm. to mm. be that solo personality or to, you know, to really be a driving force for his own career yeah. because, uh, and we can get into that a little bit later, but mm -hmm. I, I think that when I listen to him, that he definitely has some technical deficiencies. Mm. And yeah, I think that that was always going to be something that was um going to be an, an impediment on yeah. his uh, on his solo success that's fair so so initial thoughts just in terms of highlights i love the way this album starts yeah um i can tell that timberland had a lot of fun doing <laughs> certain records yes. right because i think that sometimes timberland gets into a lane and he's probably said this himself where like he can do these hip-hop beats he can do these pop beats and they're great and everyone loves them and we're dancing and blah 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 like i'm bored yeah you know yep. what i mean and he has a few songs on this album that are like yep. that but i he also has songs on here where he's like hey look i'm gonna do something completely yeah. new i'm gonna sample some folk records yep. some bluegrass records yep. and i'm just gonna have a good time and i'm gonna get a, a symphony on this yes. track and it's gonna be yes. great and it's really 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 cool so mm -hmm. you know the way this album starts you know, organized noise does the first beat, but then boom, it cuts into Jimmy Mathis. And that's sampled by, I forget the name of it. Um, the actual song itself is actually really, really cool. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the, the Jimmy Mathis record, and then uh, like even like Coming Round, yeah. She Tried, Nowhere, um, and like, and Warrant. You know what I mean? Like, these are really, really good songs. Um, Overcome is okay. It's, it's an okay song. I'm not necessarily so, so sure about like the Warrant interlude. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if that's really necessary, um, but you know, either way though, the way this album starts is like, yo, this is like a really, really dope piece of music. I agree, I agree with a lot of it. To, to piggyback on what you're saying, like, yeah. I really feel like this time frame, Timbaland had a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like, and, and you know, for better or for worse, salute me or shoot me, I feel like Timbaland helped create the genuine Missy, you know, Timbaland and Magoo sound, mm -hmm. right? Um, Missy had wild success with it. Yes. But it almost felt like, to a degree, like, the Timbaland and Missy thing, Timbaland was kind of a little bored with. Um, I to can some see degree. Because he, I can see that. Because he can make, he can, it's almost like that sound, they developed it and he could do it in his yes. sleep. Um, so he jumped over and, and he did Timberlake and, and obviously he really enjoyed, you know, doing the Timberlake right. record. And you got the, the, the Nelly Furtado as well, right? He did Nelly Furtado, right. So then like, it's like, this is the time frame where he kind of starts to step out and, you know, do little other projects mm -hmm. that are like pet projects. And this really feels like, like you said, like a, like a pet project where he was kind of able to just get in his bag and do his own thing and not do the shit where it's like, hey, Timbaland, uh, can you give me a record that sounds like, sure. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, some of the beats on here, like, you can literally hear that he took a drum pattern from a, another song that's a hit and he just put it there and then he like added 
instruments on it. Like it, and that's kind of how it got with Timbaland. You know, it was like it, like to some degree, his unformulaic formula became a formula yeah. in and of itself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Before we get into, the, I guess my lowlights or some of the mm -hmm. crit criticisms I have for the album, just another highlight would to me would be the Sleepy Brown organized noise track, like it or yeah. not. Um, because it, it sounds so much like the So Fresh and So Clean remix. Do you remember the <laughs> AM1 mixtapes? Yeah. So I think it's on AM1 Volume 4. I think it's on five, 4 or 5, yeah. It's on one of those. There's a, the, the, the So Fresh, So Clean remix. I mm -hmm. want to say Snoop is on that track. Right. With Sleepy Brown, Big Boy, and Andre. And there's like a Cadillac's brilliant tank. Purple Blue Gators with the student. <laughs> This song right here, this Like It or Not featuring Sleepy Brown, kind of reminds me yeah. of that. When I was listening to this album, I had that song on repeat for like a good, you know, two or three listens. Yeah. And uh, I was just enjoying it. It was just taking me back. So that's a really good mm -hmm. highlight for me. Can, can I add some highlights? Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> so uh, I, I like the fact that we start with Big Rube. Yeah. Um, just because, and again, this is where I felt like an idiot, but like, I'm like, oh, like, this guy's part of the organized noise camp. Mm -hmm. Like that, it's it's the same as um kind of the Ricky Harris thing. Like if you start with W Balls or something, I'm like, oh okay, this is Dog Dog Pound album. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I feel it. Uh, love Jimmy Mathis. I, I think I like that run that you're talking about mm -hmm. here with Jimmy Mathis coming around. She tried, and nowhere. Yeah. I think that's the bag we're talking about where Timbaland kind of gets in his like production bag and he just really feels like he's doing him tough. Right. Um, I actually liked Warren Henry. Okay. Um, I'm I like sure more it was interlude. necessary, but we'll go ahead. I feel you. I like more interlude because it, it really kind of transitioned. Um, the, the, like, so you had Timbaland kind of in this bag where he kind of was in this like kind of pseudo bluegrass folk like you know fusion thing. Right. And then and then if you listen to the album after Warren interlude, it kind of transitions away from that. It does. And so I feel like Warren interlude kind of just shows like. Yo, I'm in, I'm influenced by rock as well, and so like boom, this is what's coming, and then you get the rest of the album, which is kind of more in that vein. Mm -hmm. So um, I liked that. I thought the beat on "Take a Load Off" was almost wasted. Okay. Like 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 it was it was hard. Like there's there's a couple other really hard beats here towards the end of the album, and so uh, yeah, I, I guess Timbaland just overall I would say is a highlight. Yeah, Timberland is definitely a good highlight for sure. But you know what? Let me transition to my lowlights because I think that as much as Timberland is a highlight, some of his some of the decisions that he made were very Timberland-ish that to me were lowlights. So for example, you have songs like Hootenanny, which is yes. a, just a copy and paste cookie cutter yes. Timberland beat yes. with Timberland on the uh, Timberlake on the track and boom, yes. here we go. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I actually felt the same way about Take a Load Off. Okay. So you know, you like that beat. I think that maybe had it come that beat come out like 
two or three years earlier with Jay-Z on it, I would probably like it. That's actually exactly what I said. I said, if you put Jay-Z um, or Missy on this beat- Did you say that and I just missed it? Well, no, I, didn't, I haven't said oh, okay. it, but, but when I was say. listening to it, that's yeah, what I said yeah, in my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, so I'm, I'm in agreement with you 100%. Yeah, so uh, from that perspective, it's cool. But then it's also like, uh, it's, you know, you got this, these great, risk that you're taking on the first half of this album and then you just mm-hmm. kind of go back to something simple and i'm like i think you should have trusted your instincts and just really gone with it what you knew now of course we don't know all of the political things that kind of go into making an album and i'm sure there are yeah. i'm sure there was someone who says hey we need this here we need that there um i, I don't know maybe or or maybe P- timbaland has enough clout to say like no look i'm gonna do the project the way i want to but it's just kind of surprising to see him go out on like uh like on a track like on like warrant or she tried or uh-huh. nowhere uh-huh. you know what i mean or, or even like coming around like yeah. having a track like coming around literally where you're sampling some you know fiddle and and country right, right. talk you know a vocal to put on this hip-hop track and I, I guess you can you can kind of see like maybe there were other places in hip hop where that had been done. Mm-hmm. I think it was the. Um, I, f- I forget what it was. It, it might come back to me. But I know there, there, there's been some other songs around this time where they were they were kind of like taking some of these samples. But I don't know. Just to hear Timbaland go in that direction and then just do some of his cookie cutter stuff to me was kind of like a turn off. Uh, I, I agree with you to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I honestly think that's just a, a situation where, you know, I feel like I've, we've seen a lot of people just kind of walk away from working with like a Dr. Dre. Yeah. Because I think to some degree, executive producers work in different ways. And some executive producers would be like, look, I'm just not going to do this. Mm-hmm. And I think what I heard on this album was, and, and, and I might be completely wrong. So, you know, hopefully one day, I don't know, Organized Noise or Timbaland comes on to tell us what really happened. <laughs> but um, this these, oh, these records sound to me like an artist who doesn't see themselves the way everybody else sees them. That's probably and so, and so, you know, Bubba, Bubba's working with Timbaland. Timbaland has a formula. These are hit records. He probably had 25 vaults of just hit records just sitting on I'm sure he does somewhere. actually. And, right? And so Bubba comes in and goes, oh, I, I want that beat. I want that beat. Yeah. So instead of Timbaland being like, yo, I should give this to somebody else who's going to carry this because yeah. this is going to be a hit record. He says, okay, Bubba, we're working on your record. We'll give you these, these records. And, and they may not have necessarily gone with what was going on. So like, I feel like a, a coming around type of record. Bubba's sitting in the studio, Timbaland's sitting in the studio. Timbaland is, is tailor making this record yeah. to create a sound for Bubba. Whereas Take a Load Off is just like, y'all want that song. You know what I mean? It's like already a, a ready-made record that he could have given to anybody. It reminds me of Get My Shit Off. Remember that, uh, Get My Shit Off, Shit Off. It was like a Jay-Z joint in, in Timbaland. Yeah, but anyway, it sounds almost exactly like that record. Even the hook is almost the same. So, I mean, like, this sounds like just Timbaland just in his regular Timbaland bag. He could have given this to any of his people who literally everything they touch turns to gold and it yeah. would have turned to gold. But he gave it to Bubba and Bubba did not carry it. The one thing I will say about Take a Load Off is it has the hardest line on this entire album. 
which I wish I spit, it was that hard. He starts the song off with, who else is so rural but can make it feel urban? Walk up in a spot and ask if they can chill bourbon. That's like the hardest line on this whole album. I love that. That's like, just embodies who Bubba is as a man. But um, now I agree with you. There's definitely records on here that like, you can tell, and, and I, I'm gonna blame Bubba here, sorry. Yeah. But you can tell Bubba picked him and said, hey, this is gonna be a hit, put himself on it. And it wasn't something that felt tailor-made for this album the same way some of those other records. Well, well let me ask you, because you, you've hinted at this, but I'm curious if you have an answer. What kind of artist do you think Bubba Sparks saw himself as? I just think that Bubba Sparks, and, and I mean, you know, I, I, I'd say every artist is this way to some degree, right? But I don't think Bubba Sparks necessarily realized his limitations as an artist. Um, you know what I mean? <laughs> You're laughing and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to clown, no, He's right? got a lot um, of limitations. So I think, I think with that, you know, when you, when you, you just see yourself as just a dope artist, which he is a dope artist in his own right. Yeah. You, you may not know that you can't just do what it is that makes you dope and just do it everywhere, just copy and paste it in any situation and it's gonna work. Um, mm -hmm. Another similarly, completely different artist, but similarly limited, and Jason's probably gonna kill me for this, some other people are gonna probably kill me for this, but um, Cassidy, right? Okay. Cassidy, very dope artist, definitely had some some records, some big records, um, but like, kind of one-dimensional as an it artist but doesn't necessarily see themselves as one-dimensional yeah. right and so they just can he just continued to kind of do the same thing same thing same thing until you know definition of insanity it just didn't work anymore the the the, the formula didn't work the industry moved away from that and and he didn't adjust and he just continued to do well, the same yo, thing. There were a lot of one trick ponies, a lot of yeah. successful one trick ponies around that time. I mean, yeah. think about everything that the Dipset was doing. And we liked Dipset, you know what I mean? We liked those, those songs, but they were very, you know, kind of one note. Everything kind of but, very much felt the same. No, but they weren't even the only ones. They but were, the difference between the Dipset and, and, and a Bubba, right, yeah. is that these were very charismatic, yes, energetic yes, people, right? So right. they could go do Bill O'Reilly, and that, that's <laughs> going that's going hey, that's going that's going ride for a year, right? So they didn't even need another you record that year. We could have done you mad doggy for a solid year and fuck <laughs> But Bubba doesn't have a you mad doggy moment, and that's not really his personality. So like, you know, and that was the problem I think additionally with like Field Mob, right? And it was like, okay, so Field Mob, they're these dope artists. Um, all right, they're country. Let's make them really country. And then, yeah. all right, we saw that gimmick. Now what? You know what I mean? You, you know, the sad thing is, is because his best songs on this album, we've all agreed, are, you know, the, the ones in the front, the ones at the beginning of the album. Mm -hmm. These are the ones that kind of have some of the, you know, the, the, the bluegrass samples and, and this, that, and yep. the other. But not only that, that's probably Bubba's best work on the album, yep. particularly when you have like an album like She Tried or um, or Nowhere. You really feel where he's coming from. And exactly. Exactly. Then, that's his note. Yeah. And it's like introspection is his lane. Exactly. You're right. And I yeah. think that when we get into some of these other songs, it's like, look, I understand, you know, <laughs> uh, ugly and Miss New Booty and you want to get into that. Like, I, I get that, but it's just yeah. not. It's weird because maybe these songs that we liked were not showcased the way they should have been. Mm -hmm. And that's probably why his career ended up going the direction that it did. 
Um, maybe, maybe though, because he actually put Deliverance out as a single. Yes. And like, that's one of the doper records on here, right? But it, like, it, it's, okay, I, it's fine. I, I don't love it. It's not my favorite, but it's mm. a good song. I think it really embodies who Bubba is. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, like it, it, I think it was associated with some movie about like a jailbreak in the country or something. Well, that, Deliverance that I, I has think... several things. So for one, there is the movie from the 70s with Deliverance, but also uh, I think it okay. also kind of took a little- They did bit a remake or something, right? Well, they have a, there's a, a Coen Brothers movie called uh, Oh Brother, We're Out Thou with uh, John Turturro and uh, George Clooney. Okay. Um, John Goodman is in it as well. And I think that from what I remember, Deliverance kind of, watching the video kind of felt like that mm. essence, you know, the jailbreak thing, and and then, yeah. and then going to the river to get to get baptized and things like that. Right, um, right. I thought that it was like on the soundtrack or something of like a thing album. I might, I, I might know. have been wrong. Maybe soundtrack. Maybe. But uh, but yeah, man. I mean, I you know, uh, I think we're in agreement, right? Like his lane is is kind of this um, and, you know, and it, this his lane is introspection. Yeah, we agree on that. Um, it's kind of the and you know, again, this is not a shot, so. But it's kind of like the Joe Budden problem, right? right? Like Joe Budden comes out, he's very great at what he's great at, right? Like people, many people call him a precursor to like a Drake, right? Like he, he's really great at these records where he talks about himself, his feelings, his relationships, etc. Um, He comes out with Pump It Up. Pump It Up is huge. So then he becomes a Pump It Up guy, right? And so like, I feel like with Bubba, he comes out with Ugly. Ugly is huge. Yeah. And so maybe the problem was we're waiting for another ugly and that's not his lane. And we can we can hear it on some of these other records where he kind of shoots for the stars in that way that, you know, it just doesn't really work. Yeah. Uh, you know, the other thing, too, is that um, I do question some of the decisions that Organized Noise made in this. Like, yeah. New South is not a good song. Uh, I can't stand that song. I think it's bad. Really? Yeah. I think it's oh, not. Man, I, I, think, I think it's not good. I actually like the direction of New South, okay. um, but I, but I'm an organized noise fan. But what I will say is, I kept saying, "Man, I wish Outkast or Goody Mob was featured on this <laughs> that because it's just like better, yeah. he could not carry." No. It's just like you know, you got all this stuff going on. You know, organized noise is damn near fucking uh, was Public Enemy's uh, <laughs> production team in terms of. Uh, uh, Bomb Squad. Enemies. Bomb Squad. Yeah, Bomb Squad, right? In, in terms of like being known for a very loud, raucous kind of sound. Like that's mm -hmm. that's kind of their sound, right? And, and you know, this is a, a, a loud, raucous sound. And then you got Bubba who's just still, still tapping that one note on the piano key. And it's just like, you know, we need, I, I need this to be like an organized noise posse cut. Like take this record off and put it on an outcast yeah, album okay, and fair, put all and fair. put all them on. I think that this that's, shit is fire. I think, that's, <laughs> you know what I think if, if this was on a Goody Mob <laughs> album or whatever, or right. like a Witch Doctor or whatever the fuck, you exactly. know, one of those artists, I probably would have liked it. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, um, yeah but yeah. on this record, after listening to Warrant. You know what I mean? Like a yeah. really good introspective song. And then you get New South. Right. It's like, huh? And then it's checked in between <laughs> Deliverance. And you're like, wait, why was that New South record on here? Um, yeah. Then there's other records on here as well. Um, like My Tone from, um, from Timbaland. You know, I understand he's trying to do the whole rock thing. But then it's just like a very repetitive loop. And... I don't know. You were going to say something else, though. I don't think so necessarily on there. I was just saying, uh, you know, did you have other lowlights? But I definitely have some. Uh, so my main lowlights are, if we're talking about the songs, okay, I don't <laughs> like the New South record being on this album. 
Um, okay. I don't like Hootenanny. I don't like Take a Load Off. And I don't like My Tone. Back mm-hmm. in the Mud gets a pass for me because it was featured on the, I think it was on one of the Madden, either 2004 or 2003 or <laughs> 2005 right. soundtracks. So it was one of those soundtracks. And uh-huh. it was a song that, you know, <laughs> Madden, they, they did this weird thing where like, they were, they were such geniuses at picking playlists because they picked a lot of songs that like the first time you heard them, you wouldn't really like them. But because you're sitting in there and playing the game, exactly. you're not really turning it off. They these songs like grew on you. Yeah. And this was one of the songs that grew on me. Okay. And because uh, I remember like when Back in the Mud, when it first came on the soundtrack, I was like, what the fuck is this Bubba Sparks? Whatever. But I didn't care. And I kept hearing it, kept hearing it. And I'm like, I kind of I kind of like this song. So, you know, given that he's got like the ugly record on his debut and then you have Back in the Mud uh, as the, the outro track for his album, like I, I kind of liked it. Um, so, so, so it's okay. The one thing I'll say about that, the Back in the Mud thing, yeah. I don't know if it's supposed to be a remix to In the Mud, but you remember the In the Mud record, right? No, I don't. And it's interesting because I went back to try to listen to his first album to see if it was on there, and it's not. Okay. So this, it must have just been a, a static single, but so he puts out Ugly, Ugly pops off, right? Yeah. Then, then the next year, 50 takes the world by storm. Yeah. In the Club is the biggest record. Yes, it is. Well, him and Timbaland makes make this song called In the Mud which is kind of like a playoff in the club. Yeah. But he's talking about how he's country, you can find me in the mud, blah, blah, blah. And the beat was crazy. Um, it was kind of like a maybe a street single or something, I don't know. But it, it, it did its rounds on the mixtape circuit around that time. So in my mind, back in the mud, I felt like was gonna draw from that. Uh, but it, it it's completely different. It sounds um, different. And the only other thing I'll say about Back in the Mud was I thought it was a bad way to end the album. That's fair. Um, what do you think should have ended the album? I wanted an intro with, in, I mean, an introspective song that was an outro. Like, you know, tell me, you know, bring, bring it all together. Tell me like why, why I care, what you were trying to tell me on this album. Tell me about Bubba and then let it go. Yeah. Like, I don't, and, and, and we, you know, we talked about how Bubba's strength is introspection. Mm-hmm. So I don't want a loud, ruckus song as your as your last That's song. Fair. I want your last song to, to show fair. me what you, your, your strength is, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So that was kind of a, a criticism. All right. So my main criticism for this album is going to be Bubble Sparks. Mm-hmm. In the sense that, and it's not even anything like spiteful or, or hateful against him. Uh, I think he's fine, fine, but he definitely has some technical deficiencies as an MC. And there's several things here. So for one, sometimes you can tell when a rapper does like multiple takes on one verse um, and the best in the game have done it like black Thought's done it you know a, a lot of them have done it so it, it's not a problem but punching yeah and i feel like that happens a lot on this album the other thing too is that you can kind of tell that bubba sparks is not really a, a natural mc like he's not always comfortable just just flowing and just spitting right he doesn't have any kind of like you know how one of the criticisms to today's music is that it's like it's too perfect, it's too like digital. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, everything is perfectly on beat. Yeah. Whereas like the old school music, sometimes like things feel. go off. Yeah, there's, there's kind of like a feel to it, right? Yeah, Bubba yeah. Sparks has no feel, and you mm-hmm. can tell that he he raps in a way where he has to like. It's almost like he's contorting his mouth in a certain way so that he over enunciates so that you can hear what he's saying. And sometimes I'm like, yo, just like spit, just let it come out. 
don't try to be like over technical to you know kind of hide your flaws a little bit and it, it he almost sounds like over rehearsed he's trying to be too perfect and he just doesn't sound really natural he's got no no kind of yeah. natural yeah, flavor swag to yeah him. i feel i feel you you know what i mean and i think that that really kind of uh it, it kind of it gets boring mm -hmm. this is the yes. best way i can say i'm like yo i i'm kind of tired of listening to this so that when we get to records that i'm not really feeling I go from having a huge high to like, yo, this album is dope. You know what I mean? And then you get to Hoot Nanny and take a load off, and I'm yeah. like, why am I here again? Like, it happens that quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And that's where I'm saying, like, Timbaland's so in his bag yeah. that it's almost like to some degree you forget about Bubba, and then you realize you're listening to Bubba. Again. And when you do realize you're listening to him, you're like, damn. Yeah. Like, a perfect example for me is Coming Round. Mm -hmm. Both of us have talked about it as Great a song. highlight. Great song. But when you, get, when you get to the second verse, you're like, why is this guy still talking? <laughs> like, it's almost like you stop, like, like, you're not even following his story anymore because yeah. the beat is so amazing and you're yeah. listening to all the difference. That, that's what I love about Timbaland, right? Like, <laughs> Timbaland is so every good. time you listen to a Timbaland beat, like, you're like, I didn't even hear that sound. Like, yeah. there will be so many sounds, different things going on, et cetera. I love that about Timbaland. Oh, but Timbaland like, is amazing. You, you almost get lost because all these other instruments are doing things that are more interesting than, than what, what Bubba's doing. Yeah. And, but, but you know, his introspection and his authenticity to me is his quote unquote swag, right? Like in that, like, he's not, he doesn't seem like the most confident. He doesn't have that, that je ne sais quoi right. of, of, of certain, you know, artists. But like, he really does seem like a guy who's really telling you his story. And like, that's where he, he kind of shines. Um, and so like another example is uh, She Tried, right? Yeah. We, both, we also both talked about that. Like this is supposed to be his relationship joint. I think it's, it shows us a lot about Bubba that this is his relationship joint because listen to that drum pattern. It's the drum pattern from Omi, right? Like it's literally the same drum beat as Omi by Nas. <laughs> But like, which is a, a club record, but then Bubba approaches it and it's like, yo, I fucked up in this relationship. I cheated on my girl, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, he like he knows that that's his bag. So like, yo, keep us in your bag, bro. Like, you know, so when you when, when you give us something like, uh, what's that song called? Hootenanny? Yeah. It's just like, fam, this this feels, this feels like you, you try to tell us you're not a gimmick. You try to tell us, yo, I'm not the, I'm not this PBR rapper, yeah. you know, like I, like I really have some depth to me. And then you give us a lazy ass song like Hoot Nanny, and you insult us twice because you give us you give us this Hoot Nanny record, which is corny. It's it's Timberland in his bag. You put Justin Timberlake on this song, like yeah. dog. If you give me an opportunity to do a song with Justin Timberlake, Especially I am in not going. To, right, I am not going to put out any record until this is a record that I know is out of here. Yeah, but I, I think some of that has to do with uh, Timberland as well. Yeah, yeah, because Timberland knows it's a good track, or, or it's not a good track, and he knows that Hootenanny was a very run-of-the-mill, just assembly line beat. Yeah. He knows that. He could have. It's that almost like they record. just threw Timberlake on it at the end, like yeah, probably. And so honestly, that's why I would say like, if this album, and I'm sorry to now critique something that I, I put you up no, on. No, like, look, it, it's definitely an album <laughs> worth listening to, no doubt. Yeah, but if this album was either, I, I want this album to be a best of both worlds album. Yeah. Where I want it to be this, pretty much the same production, mm -hmm. but either make it a Bubba and Timberlake album together, 
or a Bubba and Goody Mob album together. Yeah. But I, I don't want it to just be Bubba as the featured artist because I feel like a lot of these records that kind of veer off, Timberlake, and I feel bad like really bigging this guy up because I'm not, I do not like Timberlake. I do not like what happened with the Super Bowl, you know, and, and I can, we can go all the way down It's that. fine, it's fine, go ahead. With all the rebrands and all that, I'm not a fan of it. But Timberlake is a very, very talented guy. He certainly right? is. Um, and he's a great songwriter. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's things here where if there was another artist that was a strong artist that also could bring their strong opinions in and, and was another executive producer and artist, there would be situations where that artist would say, nah, dog, we're not gonna put this out. I don't think Timberlake would put Poop Nanny out. <laughs> now, if you bring if you bring Timberlake in and you go, yo, can you sing some shit on this, on this song? We're already gonna put it out. He'll be like, oh yeah, you know, Timberlake, Timberland, you, you revived my career, you know, yes, I will definitely do this. But like, I don't think Timberlake would sit there in the, in the studio and be like, oh, this is an album that has my name on it. Yeah, yeah let's put Hoot Nanny out. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So I just think that somebody else should have been there. And, and, and that's, again, going back to the criticism that you had for Timberland, right? Like, Timberland should have been like, I'm sorry, I'm going to overrule you here as the executive producer. We're not going to put this shit out. It sounds gimmicky. It's counter to everything that you're trying to do with this album. You're trying to tell people that you're not a gimmick and you're authentic and this is your identity. And then you give them this gimmicky hillbilly record. And, you know, it, it does the opposite of what this whole album is like. Yeah, I just think it's it's a tough call because on one hand, I wanted Timbaland to continue what he was doing for, you know, the songs that we love and, and keep that theme going for the entirety of the album, maybe with some organized noise stuff spliced in where it works, right? And it does work on occasion on this album. But then the other thing, too, we also have to realize is that it's not just music for music's sake. This is a profession. They are trying to make money. And I think that some of sure, the decisions sure. that went into this album were to try to get it popular, maybe having something going yep. off in the club. And it, it just, I don't know. I don't, I think that you kind of have to, to pick which one you want to do. Either you're going to have this crazy, fun, experimental album where you just do all these things that you've been dying to do with folksy music or you make something for the club again that's what i'm saying right like like literally there was a very easy way to make this album successful yeah you, your collaborators are missy jay-z ludicrous yeah. like these people are all like literally they could spit on the ground and it would go platinum mm -hmm. like so either you're trying to sell records just throw a shit ton of features on there yeah. you know all these songs that we didn't mention like that like five song run yeah. throw a feature on every single one of those records and they're all out of here yeah or make this an introspective bubba album and create shit for bubba and give us an album that we can learn about you and hear dope production as opposed to just trying to take these ready-made Timbaland records that are going to be out here for other people. Well, that, that's my opinion. And that's why I asked earlier, what kind of artist do you think Bubba Sparks saw himself as? Because we both agree that the introspective Bubba is the best Bubba. Yeah. But at the same time, too, maybe he didn't see himself that way. So yeah. it might have been a difficult thing that we understand that, you know, from a musical perspective, the best decision would have would have had Timbaland do an album like that in its entirety yeah. but maybe Bubba just didn't want to do that who knows yeah we're also talking about a time frame right where he's working with two production camps who like yeah. were spit well I mean more more Timbaland than organized noise but like 
it was like an assembly line. Like yeah. literally, Timbaland would get, Timbaland probably had a batch of beats that he just walked around from studio to studio with. We saw on the Black Album uh, uh, movie, yeah. where he, you know, he walks in, he plays Poison, or Potion, Potion. I'm sorry, that he that he gave to Ludacris. Yeah. He plays Dirt Off Your Soul. He plays like four beats for Jay. Yeah. All those beats are, are now like hits somewhere. Yeah. Um, Jay picks one, it's a hit. So it's like, you know, to some degree, I think if you, if you don't have that realization of who you are as an artist, you're gonna walk in and you're gonna you're gonna pick potion <laughs> you know what i'm saying like i realized the limitations of, of who disaster was in 2003 <laughs> but if i heard potion i'd have been like give me fucking potion yeah <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah. so like that's what i'm saying is maybe in his mind he's just he's just a dope artist and he can just take what he does and put it on top of timbaland who creates dope soundtracks and just put it out but it sounds very lazy especially now in a time frame where we're not just hearing all these beats over and over again and it's just choose your fighter you know on some mortal Kombat shit where it's like timbaland puts out 30 beats they all kind of sound similar and it's just do you want to hear jay-z over it do you want to hear missy over it do you want to hear Ludacris over it oh i want to hear bubba over it because he's different he, I, I heard these other people you know what i mean well let me ask you something let's ignore the fact that Timberland has some very good music on this album. Let's ignore that. Okay. And let's just take Bubba Sparks as an MC, as a vocalist, as a songwriter. Do you think that hip-hop music needs Bubba Sparks? And of course, mm. hip-hop music has a lot of artists that it doesn't need. But uh -huh. let's just ask that particularly for Bubba Sparks. Do you think that hip-hop needs Bubba Sparks? I think today, hip-hop doesn't need Bubba Sparks. But at the I time. think in the pantheon of, of hip hop at the time, it needed Bubba Sparks in the same way it needed Eminem. In that, you know, there was no voice like that, mm -hmm. right? So like, it was very unique. I mean, while he was rolling on the ground playing with pigs in, in the ugly video, yeah. you know, I mean, J even the Jimmy Mathis video, I don't know if you remember it, but it was like, it was like this big house, like way out in the country. And like, he like kind of comes out of it. And I think there's some people like hanging out the window and the whole nine and they have like, I think it's like a cookout or something like, you know, in, in the country. Mm -hmm. Like there was no voice like that. There was no person telling you that, you know, I mean, there really are white boys with tats that are pig farmers that love hip hop. Like yeah. that's, that's a, an identity. Mm -hmm. And so he was the first person to give us that identity. And so I think, in that way, we didn't need him. Okay. And well, that's going to answer my next question, which is, what do you think that... Because who put him on? Was, was it Timbaland? Like, because I know I he, he, he produced Ugly, right? Yeah, I think I think he was Timbaland's uh, guy. So, Dark Days, Bright Nights is produced by... Timbaland's a producer on it. I'm not sure who picked him up initially. Timbaland has a lot of beats on this album, on the first one. So. I think he initially was was supposed to come in um, under Beat Club. Remember, Timbaland was supposed to have his own label uh, with okay. Miss Jade yeah. and all these people, and I think he was one of the Beat Club artists. So he, it is Beat Club Records, yes. So okay. I guess you kind of answered my question in terms of what is it that Timbaland saw in Bubba Sparks. But then, you know, the other thing too is that I'm curious about like the hip hop audience in general. Do they really care about someone like Bubba Sparks? Because, you know, white people who listen to to hip hop, I don't think they listen to it for white people like Bubba Sparks. You know what I mean? I, I think they listen to it for white people like Eminem and for black people gangbang. You know what I mean? So like an escapist life that they like. So in your mind, what's the difference between white people like Eminem and white people like Bubba? Are you saying because Eminem? Country? No, because Eminem is 
a vocal talent. Like he's a lyrical okay. mastermind. You know okay. what I mean? And so I think that we talked about this before when we, when we talked about Eminem on, uh, you know, how <laughs> these lacrosse kids were loving the fact that the dopest lyricist in the game was yep. a white boy. And, and yep. who, even though I don't think he was the dopest lyricist in the game, I couldn't have that conversation without putting him in the mix. And, and we all know that if Eminem were to battle at that time, probably would have beaten just about anybody. You know right. what I mean? So, However, though, well, let's say we didn't have an Eminem before Bubba. Do you think that would make those same lacrosse kids more interested? In Bubba Sparks? Yeah, like, do you, do you think that, like, let's know. say we, we, we don't have Eminem, call. right? So, so Eminem call. is, like, like, a, like we said, it's a Pantheon-level talent, yeah. right? Um, and so we don't have a Pantheon level talent. So prior to Bubba, all there is is Vanilla Ice and, you know, whoever the fuck else came before Eminem because it's it's crazy. Eminem is, is such a talent that we don't even remember any of the white people that rap yeah, before. Yeah, every but, uh, <laughs> Right, but so those are the people that we have. And then Bubba drops yeah. on Timbaland Beats. Do you think people are more interested as a result of that? I think that they're interested initially but not enough to sustain sustain mm. success you know i mean the other thing too you also have paul wall was coming out around this time and paul wall was actually in my opinion two years later was it two years later he yeah. was far more entertaining than bubble sparks oh definitely oh definitely but uh, but yeah i mean again right paul wall is somebody who like i I would watch Paul Wall in an interview. Yeah. I would yes, watch Paul exactly. Wall sitting in a car. Yeah. I, like, like he was very a very like entertaining Wall, personality, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, where Bubba again, we, we we talked about this, right? The je ne sais quoi, mm -hmm. it's not there for for, for Bubba. Yeah, he's just such an interesting choice. Like, <laughs> there's just there's nothing really about his image or his personality that says, "Hey, hip hop star." And then when he gets on the mic, it kind of confirms that. But then he's not bad to listen to either all the time. If you if you can doctor him up a certain way, you know, doctor you know his 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 lyrics and stuff, you can doctor it up a certain way like he can be fine on a song and he's got great songs on his album. Yeah. But he just seems like such an odd choice. I don't remember hearing the the like why Bubba Sparks story. Yeah. In terms of like how, like how they initially found him, but I do remember hearing an interview and I feel like maybe it was Rico, but it was it was somebody somebody maybe organized Mother's Camp talking about the introduction to Bubba Sparks and why they wanted to sign him. Mm -hmm. They were saying they had heard about him and their first meeting with, with him they went out to where he's from. Yeah. And they were talking about how like, you know, they they're like, yo, we gotta, we gotta hear this kid Bubba. Like he, you know, he's he's a shit, whatever. And so they drive, they they drive way out, like, you know, past Athens, Georgia, to where he's from. And how like, you know, it's all it's all fucking Confederate flags yeah. and farms and et cetera. And they were like, what? And then they see him, and I guess he really grew up on like a pig farm or something like that, with pigs like around and stuff. So so I, I don't remember if it was Rico or someone else, but it, let's say it was Rico, was just like, he remembers getting out of the car and seeing all this shit and just being like, oh my God. Like, like that was the moment where he got it. Like he was like, oh, uh, like the world needs to see this. The world needs to see that That's there's fair. a rapper that comes from all of this because when you see all this, you wouldn't even think that like rap music has ever been listened to. In, in this environment, you yeah. know what I mean? I think it makes for an interesting story. It makes for an interesting, an intriguing personality in the sense that it's like, oh, okay. Um, if you're hearing about this, like if you're a hip hop listener and you're hearing about this guy who comes from Pig Farm, Georgia, 
<laughs> this white dude, right. you're probably gonna be like, oh, I kind of want to hear what that sounds like. Cool. Right. But I think that's all it was. Yeah. And I think that he himself doesn't have the talent to make me want to keep listening. Do you think if if Ugly, which was his original song and was a smash hit, right, two years before this? Yeah. Do you think if Ugly was on Deliverance? So the first, so he gives us Ugly, right, and everybody's like. Oh my God, who is this guy? And then Deliverance comes out under the banner of Ugly, not two years later. Do you think maybe we would have gotten a different I don't know. It's a very good question to ask, and I, and I know where you're going with that. Uh-huh. I, I don't know. It's hard for me to say only because Bubba Sparks is not good on Ugly. He's a very basic-ass rapper on Ugly. <laughs> yeah, he's Ugly. very basic on that Very, song, I true. mean, literally <laughs> throw up myself, you, or any other rapper we know on that beat. And we could have done the same thing that Bubba Sparks did. You know what I mean? Like, he's fucking yeah. basic as shit. Yeah, he's basic. And so I don't... <laughs> it's, funny, it's funny that you say that, because now I'm, I'm thinking about his lyrics, and I'm just like, oh, shit. But I will say, though, before you before you make the next point, uh, like I was saying before the, when the mic was off, Joe Budden mentioned this album yeah. on like, a recent episode that they did, which is funny, because we've been talking about doing this. And um, he was like, yo, when we heard that ugly beat, he was like, first of all, I have a freestyle on. Yeah. And every rapper at the time has a freestyle on the ugly beat. Yeah. He was like, and when we heard Deliverance, we were all mad as fuck because we wanted all those beats. Right. So like, you know, you did get to hear everybody else on that beat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I just think it's 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 hard to call. It, it, I'm not sure if Ugly makes this album better. You know what I mean? It, oh no, like, no, no, no! I'm yeah. not saying that. I'm saying you know. When lightning strikes, yeah. we, we talk about this all the time, these viral moments, right? These people go viral and then it's like, okay, then the world looks at them and they're like, okay, what okay. are you going to do? Here's right? what, like, here's... like the, the, the spotlight is on you. What are you going to do? All right. I think the best case scenario would have been for there to be some kind of like collaborative album, mm-hmm. you know, something like a Violator project or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Ugly is a single on that. And then right after Ugly you know you know four or five months however boom deliverance drops and it's deliverance with some of the modifications i mean we didn't choose to make this a classic but we you and i both kind of have ideas about where it could where it could have gone then i think that it's a different story okay agree i've always said this that if i were to actually have a hip-hop career Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and let's say that my first single would have been something like out of the ordinary to really get your attention so let's say like mm-hmm. uh what's the um all my ladies pop their pussy like this what's the kaya so my, my neck, neck my back sorry. my back yeah so th- a song like that is always going to be a one-hit wonder right and so my thoughts is like let's say i was like navigating my career what i would have done is uh, one of two things either i have that song to get people's attention but i make sure before i put it out i already have two or three other good songs in the works that i can put out after that to keep the momentum going mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. i put out other songs before that and then once i realize i have some momentum boom then drop that then people want to keep hearing you that's ideal it, it, it usually doesn't work that way it, but that's fine ideal. but what i'm saying though <laughs> is it in, in a sense like yeah. this if he drops ugly and then boom has his deliverance like has some other good music on top of that then it's like oh okay you had the record to get every everybody's attention but now you're this introspective artist who's making quality music oh now you have like an actual career now the next project isn't going to be um miss new booty now it's going to be some other deep shit that is like yo like Bubba Sparks is opening up our mind to let this this part of America that we, you know, doesn't get enough 
uh, light shed on it, yeah. and this, that, and the other. So who knows? You know, I, th I think it's the best yeah, case scenario for Purple um, Sparks. I, th I think that is a best case scenario, but I think we're kind of saying the same thing with if Ugly is on yeah. Deliverance, then Ugly comes out as a single, and then just, the rest of I, I just don't want Ugly there, on you know Deliverance. I, mean? <laughs> I, I feel you. I feel you. Um, the other thing I would say is uh, that would be interesting is if you didn't do the, the compilation idea, which I think would be a, a really great yeah. idea, uh, by the way, is um, if you remember around this time, every once in a while, you would get these like 50-50 split albums. So like you had um, Little Scrappy and Trillville. Okay. So Trillville had the, what it what's is, up? What's up? and Little Scrappy had the headbuster, and you know, they were on the same album, but it was like, you get half, I get half mm -hmm. type of deal. You put him with field mob and they could both do that yo we come from a pig farm but we come from one pig farm in georgia or over here there's black people and you come from a pig farm there's white people i feel like if you were gonna do the gimmick shit that would be a good way to like do the gimmick shit in a way that like is shining the light because remember sick of being lonely comes out at the, right yeah. right around this time right and they and they had pigs in the club <laughs> um which is really corny but that's fine um but you know so i mean it's like you shed light on this this other part of the world and then and then Field Mob it was a little better at doing like the whole club thing and kind of like the gimmicky stuff. Then he doesn't need yeah. any of those Timbaland records. Cut cut all that all that club shit off off the end of it. Give us just the part we like of Deliverance and that that becomes his part of the album and they do their shit as their part of the album. It's not you know a bad I mean? idea. And normally when I hear you share ideas like that, I'm like, look, I, I hear where you're coming from, but I'm not feeling it. I think I'm actually feeling this one. Right. That's a really good idea, to tell you the truth. Um, it, assuming that you can make the, the music itself work, the combination of the two work, because yeah. I wouldn't want it to be something that's just like 50-50. Like, yeah, no, I want it to make sense good. musically. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's a, also a very good case scenario for Bubba Sparks and for Phil Mob too. Yeah, yeah, because Phil Mob is another group that I feel like didn't really get there yep. just do so i think that should do it for the put you up on deliverance i don't think i don't have anything else to add to the album so yeah me neither um hopefully you know we get some new like that that vein i, I would love to hear like kind of an, an artist's take on on that vein not old town road <laughs> but like you know something that's like you know us authentically hearing from a, a different perspective i'm always game for it and i love Jim and Mathis, please come out here and tell these folks to your son. Here, Mama tell Russell on the shotgun and get this loop as we got none. Jim and Mathis, please come out here and tell these folks to your son. Here, Mama tell Russell on the shotgun and get this loop as we got none. Any blood shed for a cause that deserves it is blood well worth it. We fought to preserve it. Caught him in person, you know Bubba psyched out You hate it when they talk, but love it when I shout Fuck with me, I doubt that you really can When I get to doing my hillbilly dance A step to the left, then two back to the right Take a shot of Patron and then get back to the mic Yeah, I'm rapping tonight, but soon as the light hit I'm all about the green, man, the hell with this white shit Unless it's that white shit to speed up your pulse rate Some cardiac arrest, so sweet with a dull taste This what they must face, I'ma be right here Spitting these flames out and drinking Bud Light beer Till the cows home and the dogs quit Barking, daddy, tell them who I am and don't beg no pardons. Jim and Mathis, please come out here and tell these folks who your son is. Mama mm -hmm. tell Russell on the shotgun mm -hmm. and get this loop as we ain't got none. Mm -hmm. Jim and Mathis, please come out here and tell these folks who your son is. Mama mm -hmm. tell Russell on the shotgun mm -hmm. and get